guys, welcome to Cult Film and Review, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and see if they still hold up. Tonight, we're dressing up our frogs and we're trying to turn our shit into gold because we're talking about The Holy Mountain, written by Alejandro Jodorowsky and starring Alejandro Jodorowsky and directed by Alejandro Jodorowsky <laughs> and edited by Alejandro Jodorowsky. <laughs> And I believe scored uh, by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. Partially. Well, you know what? Let's just start the show. <laughs> That's great. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, Just do me a quick favor. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, It just automatically downloads to your phone. You don't have to worry about downloading the show or looking for it, see what movie we're talking about. You just automatically get it. You can decide if you want to listen to it or not. So just subscribe. It helps us out a bunch. I'd appreciate that. It helps so much. It does. It does. You're breaking the rule. See, God damn it. This always happens, and I get mad when this happens, Kyle. You break the rule. What's the rule? The number one rule of podcasting. What's that? You don't talk before you're introduced. So that being said, I will say this. As always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello. And we... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm gonna, again. I'm going to do the podcast just like that all day long. And yeah, this... it's a great movie. <laughs> you got to go in a different order so we don't always pick on Mike, you know? Well, I, don't, no, well, I feel like that's. I the feel thing. like we always pick on you, actually. But yeah. that's okay. Oh. Lucky me. I feel pretty good. So this week we're talking about Holy Mountain, right? It was made in 1973. It has a one million dollar budget. It made like ninety five thousand on reissue. I read that. I don't know what that means, but we'll get in that in a minute. Oh, success. Oh, <laughs> that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It was uh, filmed in Mexico and New York, and it currently has an eighty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If you don't know what the film is about. Let me tell you, it is basically about a powerful alchemist who leads a Christ-like character and seven materialistic figures to a holy mountain uh, where they hope to achieve enlightenment or immortality. Okay. Basically, right? This one of the same. One of the same. Same thing. This movie was picked by Chris. Chris, why did you pick this movie? I picked this movie because it's um, very inspiring and influential to watch. Um, to me, it's uh, it's an, kind of an art piece kind of like a piece of art that you can look at as well as it tells an interesting story that has a lot of layers i didn't think you guys had seen it um so i just wanted to throw it out there i know it's beloved by a lot of people so i wanted to get your guys reaction engage on it so awesome awesome who hadn't seen this movie before i hadn't seen it so who else i hadn't seen this one no i've I've seen seen a few of his other stuff you've seen it before i've seen it chris showed it to me okay that would have been fun (laughs) fun time just sharing penises together yeah Sharing penises but, you know, together. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna make a, I was gonna make that a co- I was gonna make a cousin joke, but you just fucking yeah. that. Well, that just would have went south. Yeah. Just bulldoze into that. One. No, like uh, that's what that you know what that was. I'm gonna say that that's one of my comments. What's that? What's that? Just too I, much dick. Too, like not only too much dick, but the age range of dick was inappropriate for me. <laughs> 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 the age range of dick. Oh man, yeah. Cody only likes that Don't young watch dick. El Topo. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I can't do that as a, as a father of a of a little boy son. Like, that just was not okay with me on screen. Oh, that's oh, good thing. That's a good thing we didn't do El Topo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just all that. <laughs> like, I'm just not. That's not something that I ever want to see on screen. Just okay, because, so all right, know, all right, all right. Fair people enough. do weird shit to movies, bro. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, different time. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah, who was I having this with? Me and Mike were we talking about like. Half the shit in this movie you just you couldn't do. Nowadays. Yeah, there's no there's no fucking way you're taking dog carcasses, sticking them on sticks, and just being like, let's just do this. Or filming yeah. a real dog fight. Or yep, yeah, or filming a real dog, dog fight. fight. Yeah. Um, Alejandro Michael yeah. Vick. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesus. That Christ, and like, man. I'm pretty sure like when he like there's that scene with the frog when when basically yeah, the, Fran- the French is, is, is yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he blew up those frogs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think those. I don't think those were stunt frogs. <laughs> no, no. It wasn't. They were wax frogs. It wasn't. Seems to be frogs. a theme. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, the wax seems to be a theme. I'm just this saying is not wax P- frogs. This is not PETA's favorite movie. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, I, you know what, though? It's a lot of people's favorite movie. 
which is um, odd to me. Yeah. I had a hard time with that. Yeah. Uh, can I ask why? Why like, I had a hard time with it? Why you think it's odd that somebody would find it intriguing, essentially. I, no, I understand the intriguingness of it, right? And uh, and I read this, you know what, and, and we'll go into this because this, I don't really, I didn't really prepare this question, but we'll talk about it anyways. Um, someone brought up this point online when I was reading up on this movie, which I thought was a great discussion. Um, is this a movie or is this a film? And is there a difference? Mm, good question. Oh, that this is this is one of those deep. Yeah. Oh, that is. Let's change really the word around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had to classify it in with between those two terms, it would be a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably say that too. I mean, there just comes a certain. I think there's just a certain connotation with that word. With when you when you could put the two words next to the movie and film movie, it always sounds like. I mean, you associate popcorn movie or action movie, whereas mm-hmm. film is always some kind of art film or some kind of foreign film it's always something a little little different i go a little broader than that i say that movies are something that a mass public is going to enjoy okay where film is something that is going to be for maybe a secular group or a smaller group mm. okay so titanic and that's why, well no and that's why like like and that's why this film is a cult film right Did you say titanic yeah, well, film is, uh, I was I was making a point on his point. Oh, like yeah, Titanic is a movie, right? Okay, Titanic could be considered a film by some people though because of like uh, the, the 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 success that it had had. I guess. Well, that's a. Th- I mean, this is a this is this, a silly thing to debate. This is but, very I know, semant- we can this move a very on. semantic. We thing. can move it, move on. Yeah. I, no, but it's a great. But I mean, it's a it's it's a it's, it's definitely a great way to cinema. Look at it. It's cinema. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, no, I because say that. No, because I I, I agree. With I understand. The, the I agree question. with the point that this is not this is not a movie. Mm-hmm. No, it's this not. Is, this is not designed to be. I think it's not designed to be watched and entertained. It's designed. This movie is like designed to inspire or create intrigue and basically leave you thinking and not really so much leave you like we, walking away from it. We had it. this like, discussion Woo! when we did uh Man, Man Bites Dog. We had this whole discussion about, you know, you know, to what level should a film be entertaining versus right. it being a piece of art? Yeah. And I think there's a broad spectrum. I think this one on the art section might this, even go past that. This is <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> there was a line there. It drew it and he went he jumped over it. But um it's definitely not yeah. Could I watch this film as an entertaining piece? Uh, probably. Mm. Entertaining is definitely not the word I would use. That's not a good word to yeah. use. Because yeah. I mean, I I mean, from a, from like a uh, uh, I want to stimulate like my imagination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same conversation we had before, where it's it's basically like how it's it's going to a museum and just kind of staring at a piece of art. That's kind of how this film is. You exactly. just kind of you're you're meant to see the visuals and just kind of take it in and and then make your own assessment as to what you think it is. Mhm. Mhm. Agreed. So, Agreed. It's not meant to entertain. I, no, I don't <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that statement, but I also think that there's a point where you can oversaturate your message and what you're trying to say. Uh and we'll talk about that when we come right back. Burn your money. All right, guys, we're back and we're talking more about Holy Mountain. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask, because this is kind of how I felt um, about the film personally, was uh, does the symbolism and the disjointed in- imagery of the film, does it lose meaning because there is so much of it? Because I can tell you right now that I cannot pinpoint, this is my first time watching this film, I cannot pinpoint a single scene. It is all blurred. It like, is a blur to like me. Like Remember? This, yeah, this movie is a blur to me. Okay. I'm, I mean... Having, uh, I'll speak for myself. Like ha- this is my second time watching it, but yeah, I, I it did kind of to me feel like watching the watching it again. Kind of felt like the first time because I I don't is that know what you told if I her? necessarily remembered every what <laughs> is, is that what you told her? This feels like the first time again, baby. <laughs> hey man, you know, you got to be sweet and stuff. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sweet and stuff. <laughs> no, I, I so I can kind of see where you're coming from because yeah, yeah there there was there was 
a, quite a few scenes that I forgot. But I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, there's there is a lot. There's a just a lot of visual shit going on. I feel like it's movie. kind of like uh, it's a it's in your first time around. It's almost like sensory overload a little bit. It is to the it, and I agree with that. And it is to the point to where I was completely like done after ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Like literally done. I was just like, cool. This is just gonna be a visual thing of weird shit after weird shit. And that's what I'm in store for every single scene. And that's what I got every single scene. And by the end of it, I was like, it's all bullshit. Just like you said at the end of the film, got it. Like that's the, the mood it put me in. It was weird. It put me in like this mood of just like, I'm over this stop already. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was one thing. Like, I feel like he could have made his point a lot shorter. Do you think um do you, do you think like if you were to watch it again you would be able to actually like uh since you know what you're getting into be able to analyze the scenes a little bit more? Yes, I would be able to uh, after wa- giving one whole watch through. Mm-hmm. Um and then not only that This is definitely a multi-view film. Yeah, I know it is. And then, and then at, at not only that having to go and then research the film just to figure out what the fuck it's about is frustrating for me at least. Like I found that frustrating. I'm like even with your brilliant imagery, which it is brilliant, you couldn't get the point across to me as a first-time viewer. And I get why people's in love with it because, listen, from a technical standpoint, beautiful film. Gorgeous. I mean, gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. Eye-popping colors. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, just gorgeous. But at the same time, no emotional impact. I can see your point totally. Um, I think the first time I watched this, I was maybe in your boat a little bit. Um, it was a visual feast, but I just didn't connect immediately with it. Although I knew there was something I liked about it. The use of the visuals mixed with the sound, mixed with the music, mixed with um, the, and the way they tell the story, sort of j- disjointed. Um, but there, but there were things that would pop in my head, visuals from that movie that I would see and be like, man, I want to go back and see if there's more to that film. So then I watched it again and I started seeing it a little deeper each time that I went along. I started noticing the other layers. I started researching it a little bit more where the ideas came from, how they came together. Um, We talked a lot about how David uh, Lynch is a very deliberate director. So is Alejandro. He's a very deliberate director. He knows every layer of every inch of every single piece of thing that is in that film. Mm -hmm. So the more I watched the film... The more I started like get like diving into it and picking up little little things and um, I I don't know that so I I get where you come from as a first time watcher yeah no and I understand that you enjoy the dig but I mean there's that's a lot there's a, you're you're asking a viewer to dig a lot but 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 that's also more pro- th- that's also probably why this isn't this isn't a film for everyone though I would say that Alejandro makes is, is expecting the audience to dig more than probably any other director that uh, so far that I've watched I don't I don't actually I don't agree with that at all. Just because you had to dig doesn't necessarily mean that the guy sitting next to you in the theater might have had to dig. I think there were people that probably saw this film in the 70s and totally got it. There was a movement going on with spirituality that this guy was a part of that I think he was trying to speak to that specific those people. And I also don't agree that traditional forms of storytelling are always... Like they're they yes, they help you guide along. There's a story structure, there's a certain like a three act story structure and all that. like all these things are 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 things that we expect if you're steeped in the world of traditional storytelling. I don't think that he, that was his intent at all. I don't think he gives a shit about stuff like that. <laughs> and I think it spoke to a lot of people and probably still does. There are people out there right now that have seen this film and said, I got this immediately. I don't disagree with that, but I'll tell you right now, it made $95,000. Jurassic Park made $300 billion. People get dinosaurs running on screen, but they can't get this. That's not a good comparison just because they're different styles of film, though. But that's what I'm saying. Like this, yeah, it may speak to a lot of people, but it's not a wide audience movie. No, it's not. Not not at all. And I understand that it it may speak to the person next to you, but to the majority of people who are going to watch this movie, uh, the majority of people are probably not going to, like, I would say as a wider audience, if you were to take 20 20 random people off the street, I think you might get one or two who like it, and the other people are going to walk out. Well, I mean, isn't that that why we. It's a ratio. Isn't that why we cover the films that you love but no one else gets? That's true. <laughs> oh, you're 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 absolutely right, Cody. This this film I don't think ever was intended. No, I, I mean he comes from the midnight movie era, like where he this, started it. This would pay, play along with Pink Flamingos and Rocky Horror Picture Show. El Topo would, which got yeah. him noticed. And when he got noticed, like he, you know, he started bringing more people into the fold. Actually, George Harrison was supposed to play the lead character in this yes. movie, 
And it's like, I, I, I think, I think he never met, was meant to play for a wide audience because he, he, maybe he thought most people aren't going to get it anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it's the same thing as, as David Lynch. I, he, I feel like he, he makes movies for himself and just like this director and a lot of other directors do, like they don't really care how it's going to be received. And that's, that's fine mm-hmm. too. I will say a positive that came out of this. What's that? It made me respect David Lynch a hell of a lot more. <laughs> really? I actually, yep. I actually <laughs> think I like David Lynch a little less because Alejandro had a clear, clear like message that he was working towards. Whereas like David Lynch is, is more, open to interpretation on a lot of stuff. Whereas I almost feel like he's like Alejandro is a little more like directed. Like I'm, I make this movie to make this one point here. And like David Lynch is like, it could be many points. Yeah. But I think, uh, I don't know though. I think David Lynch is a better storyteller and that's why he, uh, I think that's why he got Dune. That's why he got Dune. I said it. That's why he got Dune. (laughs) (laughs) That movie even do good. I don't even know. No, no, it didn't. It was bad (laughs) for him. Uh, That's actually a question. I mean, I don't know if, if 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 our audience knows the history of that whole thing. Jodorowsky was originally penned, pegged yes. to do that film, was yeah. Dune. Yes. And then um, he was like, they were like, no fucking way, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then they went with uh, David Lynch. But So they definitely had a, they a, thought, a director like, in mind. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to ask that question was, I mean, it seems very clear that to bring that story specifically, Dune, yeah. to the screen, they were looking for this type of guy and this was the top guy mm-hmm. and he was do you think that like david lynch was like a second rate jodorowsky at that point nope this is this is what they did they did exactly what i what i am saying about this movie if i was in their shoes right hollywood yep and You're i, hollywood. And I okay. went to i went to him and i said what do you got and he shows me 300 i think he did like 300 drawings he or yeah something he like did that. like he did like a crazy amount of drawings because uh, he's also a comic book artist mm-hmm. or, and a comic book. Sure is. Yep. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah that's like, fucking awesome. He, yeah, he's, yeah. Dude, he does po- everything. Um, <laughs> and from what I understand, I don't know, but his, from what I've read, his comic books are supposed to be like way better than his movies. I've heard that, too. What I've heard are that his too. comic books? Just they're just unique well, there's to him. A, there's an El Topo too. I know that that he couldn't get he couldn't get a sequel off the ground, so they actually made a graphic novel of it. Interesting. But I can't remember the name of his comic. Um, but it is widely widely revered as like a really really fantastic piece of work. Huh. Yeah, but I'm it was. Be- curious I think it was to see before, what his artwork's like. I think it was before he even did film, though. So I am uh, Hollywood, and I'm looking to make this movie Dune, which at the time is supposed to be like the next Star Wars, and it's supposed to be like huge budget. And I'm Hollywood, and I'm go- and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, yeah, cool. And I go and meet with him, and then like from interviews I've read from him, dude, he is not controllable. <laughs> he is. You can't control him. No, and they and they actually have a, a whole. Oh, Jodorowsky's Dune is a, a documentary yeah. about that whole scenario, and he's on it. Like he's they they talk to him, and that's very abundantly clear yeah. that <laughs> when he, when, that he he has an idea of what he wants, and that other people try to influence a little bit, and he's just like, "You are not on my team," and he just throws them away. Yeah. So you got that. Shit. You got yeah. that going, and then you got with Lynch. You got okay. Like you can we can get the same ish, hopefully thing out of David Lynch. He's the safe bet because I'm not going to give $2 billion to the dude who's taking shits in the clear jar. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, he didn't. It no. was, it, it was it testicles. Was, it was Let's get th- that yeah. straight. I think Alejandro didn't didn't take the shit. It was it was the thief. But Alejandro sure as hell shot it. Shot the hell out of that poop. Yeah. Gotta <laughs> 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 get... All right, guys. So to kind of get back on track, uh, one of the things I did want to ask, uh, again, is... With Holy Mountain, I, I get that he's trying to say a lot with this film, but it, Mike, is he trying to say too much in the allotted 113 minutes? And realize he cut out about 20 minutes of dialogue from this film because it had too much dialogue. <laughs> I mean, I just think that's funny that he cut out dialogue. I, I do too. <laughs> I actually don't think that there is a lot to this film. I think it really is just a story about a guy and some disciples that basically go and find enlightenment with this one man. Now, all the other stuff, like the anti-capitalist messages and the drug references and stuff like that. Which happened in the middle of the film. That's pretty much the middle of the film. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Every introduction to everybody in the planet, that seems very anti-capitalist. Like, c- all of those people are really involved with money, and then they burn but it I, all. But I'm saying the middle of the film with the, 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 the seven planets. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I forgot about the thief the whole time that was going on. And then I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> I think all of that stuff is a representation of the real world and enlightenment is obviously a, a uh, what's the word a transcendence beyond all of that yeah, I right. think all this the symbolism and stuff you're talking that's bogging everything down 
to me was just added stuff to kind of show it adds to 113 minutes that don't need to be there it's like well i don't think you have a film then if you you know what i mean i think you could do this film in 20 minutes uh, yeah, you could have made this oh, a short. Could. Sure, you can make it yeah. a, a just about a half hour. A guy trying to find enlightenment. They climb the mountain, and and all is said and done. Yeah, but it's all under the umbrella of like the overall plot. I don't know a film that, if you think about any film, they all kind of do that. Like look, a Quentin Tarantino film. Do we need a Royale with cheese scene? Not necessarily, but I mean, it's there to color something, and it's there to yeah. But the, like I said, again, this is uh, this is a whole middle of the film that you're away from the main character, and you. you uh, you can disagree with that, but my point would be that there's seven of them, and you get all their individual stories, and some of them are very long. Oh yeah, so that's that's a good chunk of the film, and mm-hmm. you don't see um, the thief. I think he was using that chunk of the film, like to Mike's point. I think he was using that chunk of the film just to like kind of share a message or a belief or opinion or thought he had on capitalism, on war machine, and all that stuff. And and that's why it seems strange. I agree with what you're saying, where the, the, the main character vanishes. He practically vanishes. I feel like after their hair gets cut, it's like... I, I couldn't pick out which one Maybe was. that was on purpose. I don't know. Kind of might have been. Because yeah. it as soon as he gives up failure, is basically what the amputee guy represented. Mm-hmm. As soon as he right. gave that up, he stopped being like... A central character of the film, and he basically just became one of the group. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you. I was primed as a viewer to like forget about him and, and realize that he, like, yeah, he wasn't as important. Dude, I, I guess I, I guess. didn't even I realize know. he was there until the end of the movie when he goes off. I'm like, why? Is, who's this guy going? Why does he get his own separate journey with the master? And he's just like, here's the chimp and the the hooker. Have fun. I think it's all about like rebirth. I mean, you're going through all these stages with the thief. You know, like from being primitive to learning the ways of the world. Yeah. To seeking enlightenment with the you know to discovering the alchemist and and the alchemist teaching him and now he's he's in the realm of these other planets that you meet essentially and they all go together because they believe you know the holy mountain is somewhere and they will be the most powerful. Yeah, I thought the one thing that um, I don't know if anybody else like had this uh, or, or made this uh, connection, but the narrative of the film doesn't take foothold until he. Ascends the obelisk. Uh, that's very true. So up to that point, it's just you're kind of you're kind of just throwing visuals of violence and society, or whatever. But did anybody like make the connection between this and 2001: Space Odyssey? Because that whole first half with the apes and shit, it's just like the birth of man and all these kind of like really disjointed visuals. And mm. then when the obelisk is discovered on the moon or wherever the fuck that I forgot, mm-hmm. it makes me feel bad. I don't remember, but. That's when like the narrative really begins. Like, uh, no, I, I agree. Kind of I, I think it is if we're gonna t- to to show a to go back on a traditional type of storyline. Um, that's just the introduction of the film. You yeah. know what I mean? It's introducing the characters, but I think what he's trying to do there is maybe trying to color the world that he already lives in. I mean, all we really need to see is a man at odds with the world that he's living in and him making a conscious choice to try to change that. And then the rest of the film is really his journey on to get. To, to do that mm-hmm. um I, I that's how i feel and, and yes i agree is what i'm saying i do agree the film doesn't start until he rises in that obelisk well it's actually broken up into specific parts kind of like that like i believe when he arrives at the obelisk that he uh alejandro considers that part two you mm-hmm. know of that mm-hmm. film and then when they burn the wax figures of themselves that's like part three of the film Part three starts after the burning. Yeah, because then if you notice, like the cinematography is not as uh, striking. It's that's true. Handheld. It's you know, it's not. Uh, it's not a spectacle anymore. Huh. So, I never. I, I didn't really consciously yeah. notice that, but that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, Chris, uh, is uh, Holy Mountain is it more absurd than surreal, or is it more is it more funny than it is disturbing? Because there's a lot of people. Um, I would actually combine all of those words and put it into this movie. Would you say it's more absurd than surreal, or would you say it's more surreal than absurd? That's a tough. That's a tough. Those are two tough words to really kind of yeah. show a difference of. I mean, you could say that Salvador Dali's paintings are surreal, and they certainly are. But it's also absurd to see a clock melt, like over and like still like, keep time. I mean, I think the point of surrealism is the fact that reality is something we all can understand. There's nothing absurd about it. Like right, right. you know, I, I'll drown in water. I'll, if I fall off a building, I'll probably hit hard. Surrealism is the absence of that. So to say, I mean, in a sense, surrealism is absurdity. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so what about funny or disturbing? Because I can see how people could find this movie disturbing and not funny. I would definitely uh, say that probably is a little heavier on the disturbing, disturbing. side. I agree. Just yeah. because of, like, you're you're really, as a viewer, you're really presented some pretty extreme uh, visuals. I mean, depending on what your your comfort level it is, like, like mm-hmm. while some people might find the the shit, the stuff with the shit in the jar being, like, the most disturbing, some people might find the insane amount of nudity the most disturbing you know mm-hmm. like there's just so many different levels of uh, yeah. of that in this movie like it would definitely would grab that versus what was it funny yeah that the uh, the other one yeah yeah there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely more striking <laughs> challenging scenes to I take think, in versus I mean, comedic moments I, I definitely think killing animals on screen is something I, the reason why we don't do it any they don't do that because it is a very disturbing thing that that scene is probably the most disturbing scene. The dog and I had a very one? hard time. The dog fight one. Yeah, yeah. and that I actually, one bothered me. The it most. actually did. It actually bothered me a little bit because mm-hmm. I mean, at, as much as I respect Jodorowsky for trying to to create a, 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 an artistic masterpiece or whatever he was trying to do, like there's also a part of me that's like, well, you had to fucking hurt some dogs to do that shit. Fuck yeah, you. Like the there is a part of me. That I agree. Says it's that. the same. It's the same argument. But I mean, <laughs> it's the same argument that, that that that's been made about like Cannibal Holocaust too, yeah. which is like. I get what you were trying to do, but like you didn't ha- you you could have easily faked all that stuff. But yeah. to the argument that I've also heard in favor of the director of Cannibal Holocaust, I can kind of picture from from Alejandro, which is they both grew up in countries where like that shit was for the most part pretty normal everyday shit. So for them, it's not as striking as it is for an American to witness I'm sure a fucking is. dog I, I, fight. I, I'd on... be interested to if you could ask him that question now in his age, in his old age. Because would he still would he still use like, yeah, real the, animals? And if there's shit, one yeah. thing Jodorowsky has definitely changed even his philosophies from El Topo to like what he believes now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I mean, I guess we can get into that when we talk about like the history of this film. But yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, though, though going back to it, that's the most disturbing scene: is dogfight, dogfight, and and, and the ass wiping that that, that lingers a. <laughs> it's not wiping; it it's along. cleaning. Okay, they're, they're, they got a loofah. They he, got a loofah. He really lingers on that shot. It really does. <laughs> he lingers on a lot of butt shots. <laughs> that's this one really. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this question, <laughs> Kyle. If you take LSD, all right, and you add a mystical hippie director plus tarot cards plus seventies plus naked men and women, and some crazy times, what does it equal? It's a math question. I like to hit people with math questions. The holy mountain. That's correct. Okay, <laughs> you're so good at this. Oh my god. No, I think I found that I found that online, and for me, that was like the perfect description of this movie. Yeah, but that's also like it's reductive. Like, that's like me. That's like me saying if you get four guys in a room talking about cold films, <laughs> and their guys' names are Kyle, Mike, Chris, and Cody, what do you got? It's cold film review. Like it's a bad. Podcast. Obviously, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, even better. I'm sorry, that was a wrong answer. I didn't show my work. We created a love machine. To make it live, the spectator has to work with it, guide it, receive it, give himself in the act of love. With this electronic rod, he will rub its mechanical vagina. The skill of the spectator will determine the machine's ability to reach a climax. Can I can I ask you a question, Cody? Shoot, that's what I'm here for. Um, what did what did you like? You didn't when you were watching it, like the imagery and the the geometry and like the way it was shot mixed with the music didn't like pull you in and make you want to know a little bit more about wh- why it was done the way it was done. No. Okay. Why? Uh, the because I was so over the outlandishness within after the first ten minutes of no coherence because the first ten minutes there is no coherent story. You can, you know, it's not like you guys said until he gets up and you meet the master, and even at that point you're asking yourself, what the hell is going on? At least I was. That's the story. That's the story. I mean, it's it is coherent. It's it's the thief wakes up. He goes. He like basically learns about he learns about society. He's a primitive being. I'm gonna tell you right now for. Someone like me, it's not coherent. Okay, what is someone like you? I mean, who, it, it, what I'm what I'm asking is, um, there wasn't anything like there wasn't. So you were so overloaded. You were so overloaded. I was so done as, after ten minutes, dude. I didn't care what happened next. It's I didn't, so interesting to me that was like, it the actors? Was it no? The, I, I don't. The, what, what was there, what was there to hold on to with the actors? They're not. It's not like they had great characters. 
It's not like I could relate well, to well, any well, single like, one of them. I'm just saying, like, set design's very intriguing. Like, no, all I just, these, like, like storytelling I, elements I, I said come that, to play. I said that in the beginning of the thing, uh, of, the, of the podcast, that this is a beautifully shot film. Like, this thing is amazingly shot. The colors are awesome. They're vibrant. But otherwise from that, like, okay, I don't get what you're, like, I didn't get what you're trying to say, nor do I care to get it because you've just, I don't, it's. It was too much. It was just, like, it was, like, too much. Because I know what you mean. I felt the same way. Sensory overload, right? Like, oh my God, why is every single shot like a canvas of artwork, like this vibrant artwork and like the way everything moves? And it, after a while, you're kind of like exhausted because there's so much. But I agree with that. But also, I would say that it, it got to the. It's also like I didn't care about what was happening on screen. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, a flower grows out of the. Uh, they shoot a dead guy and a bird flies out. Okay, I know what I'm in for. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. I feel, I feel like, like you know I feel I mean? like I feel like that's some pretty that's some pretty stock surrealist imagery right there. Yeah, that's that's definitely. Like, that's, hey, I feel like I've seen that pop like, up. Yeah. Quite I think. A <laughs> I think if, we, if we've realized anything from doing this podcast is like this is not my cup of tea. Like I don't like these films. It's been pre- made pretty apparent. Like, <laughs> Man Bites Dog wasn't a fan. Well, that wasn't uh, really a surrealistic. No, it wasn't really surrealistic, but I would say I, it's an art house it's film. It's an art film. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. And right. then, like, uh, th- David Lynch, yeah. the biggest fan. Like, yeah. do I respect these movies? Very much. I respect, yes. I mean, the, his cinematographer, um, even though he talks weirdly about him in the interviews that I've read, he's <laughs> he used them for a very long time, but bashes them. Um, also, it's <laughs> really weird. But his cinematographer is brilliant. Amazing, um, you know, I think one of his big things was no shadows, which how hard is that to do? <laughs> a lot of lights, <laughs> like that's a lot of lights, and that's yeah. why everything's so bright. And like I can respect that, and I can understand that. But when it goes into the storytelling element, you lost me within the first ten minutes, and you never won me back. Well, there really is no storytelling element to this one, like that, like traditionally speaking. No, but even even that it doesn't that doesn't. Well, when matter. I say traditionally speaking, I'm, yeah. Mike, I'm referring to like normal movie. No, no, I agree. I, I, I guess I'm the um, Chris. Am I the only one here that thinks that the story is so fucking simple? Like it's just it's no, really um, if you I talk agree. about the plot, it's Listen, mega simple. I agree that the plot is mega simple, <laughs> oh, okay. and that's that that is also part of its problems because the, it's so mega simple, but you can't coherently get it across because there's so much other stuff piled on top of it mm. that you're trying to say. And that goes back to my question of, is this too much in 113 minutes that, that you're trying to say? Because there's so much piled on top of that story that he's trying to say that you for, you lose track of the simplest story. And that, that actually makes it kind of fun, I think. Did not make it fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make it fun for me the first watch either. Me but, neither. But but the upon second viewing, I was like, I'm a little more sucked in now. Like the oh, there's another layer. You know what I mean? You take it in, um, you take it in steps. I don't know what you would call it. It's, See, that's like, and I guess that's going back to the one of the first questions I asked: Is there a difference between a movie and a film? Right? I don't think like I should have to take steps to enjoy a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a difference between movies and films. Like you do, you might have to take steps to enjoy a film, and you must be willing to take those steps to enjoy that film. Yeah, there there are certain films that you're not going to get right away. Like I, I have no problem watching like more avant garde, very like art art house films because I accept the fact that I'm not going to get it right away, probably, and I'll have to jump online and read a bunch of shit and read a bunch of other reviews and yep. like find out. What did I miss and what didn't I know about going into it? Which is kind of part of the reason why I, I kind of suggested like everybody kind of just read like this really short article about the movie because like I wish I had read that before the first time I watched it because like I get your what you're saying, Cody, where you want to watch it just dry and just see how you take it. But with movies like this, like it really helps to do your research, I feel like. Because you're still going to get an emotional reaction the first time you see it, whether you know what's going to happen or not. But let me ask you this question, Mike. Yeah, is that what makes this a cult film? Is kind of what he was just describing, and the fact that that there's this I don't want to say secular of people, but there's this like cult film fans, right? Will go out and find a film that they love and then research the hell out of it um, and enjoy it even more because they put the work in. To enjoy it more, does that make sense? No, the, the way I look at it, I think you. What, 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 
the, when you when you unpackage that question right there, I think you're unpackaging uh, unpackaging what you what a cult film actually is in its very essence. If you're going to sit there and you're going to say that, well, it takes a certain type of person yep. to love this film, and then they do. That's exactly what a cult film is. Yeah. That's the cult that you're talking about. Now, the only where the only place I'm disagreeing with you is the idea that it's for people that really like to see shit that they don't understand and have to go study it. I think there are many people that watch this film and they get it immediately. And not only that, but they take sheer enjoyment. No, no. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that these guys didn't get it immediately. And I'm not saying people who watch this, not everyone gets it. Like I, I'm saying that there's more people like me who don't get it immediately. And I'm okay with admitting that. Yeah, but Would you also say that trauma is like that? Like the, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I would. No, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> right, I, I don't disagree with and that. And you're part of that. You're part of that group. I'm part of that group. Right. They put me in that group. So you do understand it to some extent. You do understand yeah. where these people are coming. Yeah, from. exactly. Okay. No, I understand where Chris is coming from for a love of this film, and I've seen. I can see how it has influenced him mm-hmm. from films that he has made. Which ones? <laughs> Which one of the two? <laughs> Chris, you want to shout yourself out? You want to? You want to? No, wanna... no. Can I say one? Uh, thing that confuses me, which maybe causes me to dislike it a bit, is that I feel like there's a big message in this film about shedding your ego. Um, <laughs> but this film it, it does make me think that he might might have a slight ego, and I think that might come with just being pretty intelligent. You know what I mean? And but that's the one disconnect I have is like you could consider it somewhat like egotistical or pretentious or to play that play the alchemist or to, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Be the star in your own film, do every single thing in the, you know, for the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try to tell a story that essentially discusses shedding that ego. And I don't know if that was maybe a spiritual journey for him because there's a whole lot of shit behind this movie. Like, he did a spirit like they, you know, they took psychedelic drugs they as, on, as they, a group. No sleep for a week. Yeah, I mean, they went on these like cleanses and shit, and like trained and did all this weird stuff. And there's even a scene in the film where they're all freaking out and crying at, towards the end, where they were actually on mushrooms. You know what I mean? So I feel like this film might have been a spiritual journey caught on film, um, but also um, painted, you know, painted on on the screen with the, the visuals that that he creates as well. I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up because I also want to. That's exactly where I want to talk about. If there is there's a there is a big problem I have with this film, and it, it is the preachiness of it. Like I, you know, you, when you're relating Lynch and Jodorowsky together, they both come from very similar uh, <coughs> spiritual areas. Like they come from when they when they approach filmmaking, they do as well. You know, like Lynch is very into transcendental meditation, but that doesn't. Even though there's imagery in his films that might be hinting to that, he's never pointing at you in your face and saying, transcendental meditation, this is the way you must live your life. Um, I feel like Jodorowsky definitely does that. Like, here's my view of the world, here are my philosophies, and he's pointing at the audience literally as himself and saying to you, right. see? Like, right, right. And that's a part of it that does come off to me that really hurts this film. I also feel that way with the with the end, the whole speech he's giving after he pushes back the camera and he's saying, like, we're on film. He's basically saying we're immortal because we're on film. I, I got that from the speech. Oh, that's not what I got. I, I mean, no, that's but a good, as part no, of it. A good not, the whole, not the whole speech, right. but that was part of it. It's like, I'm immortal because we are immortal. We did achieve immortality. We're on film. Now we have to go back to our real lives. And... We're going back to that now. I, and that's why I do agree with you. This is a spiritual journey that's been filmed, but it was planned out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ab- yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like he took these these poor actors and actresses through almost like a weird fucking boot camp of spiritual journey with while filming this, un- but unbeknownst to them. Yeah, I think that the people that that did this film were willing participants in it. But no, I'm saying like, <laughs> like he has that, like he was guiding these people on a spiritual journey. Like he has that sort sure, of do ego want, maybe. But I, also do like, like, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty appealing proposition to somebody that feels that way. Hey, would you like to be a part of this very important thing called this film that I'm making about a spiritual and on, uh, as we go through it, you will also maybe find a spiritual journey with the rest of us. I can see a yeah. lot of people wanting to sign up for that real quickly, you know? Okay, so let's take a quick, probably because it's free drugs, but let's yeah. take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about Holy Mountain. The worker will come here only to sleep. He won't need electricity or water. He won't have to cook. We'll condition him to eat at the factory. 
These are communal latrine trucks for the entire building. All right, guys, so we're back, and we're talking about Holy Mountain. Uh, this is Chris's pick, as I mentioned before, 1973, million-dollar budget. All right, so one of the things I want to talk about is the technical aspects of this film because I feel like this is the shining gem of this. Uh, this is the turd that turns into gold for me uh, <laughs> with this movie is uh, basically everything technical about it. I think you brought up sound earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, can't knock that either, man. The soundtrack for this and how well it's blended with the film. You forget it's there. Yeah, I forgot it was there. That's how great it was. It like it, that's always good. You want to forget? Yeah, no that 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 that's not a that's not a knock. That's <laughs> no, not a no. Knock. The the less you the less you pay attention to sound, the far yeah. better it there was, is. At no at no point where I was like, what was that? What's that weird mm-hmm. fucking sound? It makes me feel very uneasy. And actually, the guy who did the sound for The Exorcist did the sound for this. Are film. you serious? And now, if you go back and you watch The Exorcist and you listen to this, yeah. it's like. Okay, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> no, man, this, the I won't sound, be doing that. But they, yeah. sound design, <laughs> I, I thought sound design was was really good. Um, Chris, you brought up some points about the cinematography earlier, as, as far as how it changes within, I guess, different halves of the film. Yeah, yeah. So when once it gets to like basically the third part of the film, which is you know the whole the, the, after they burn the wax bodies, uh, their own their own image basically or ego. Um, then all of a sudden the cinematography, it's not as grand anymore. It's a lot more handheld. It's not as colorful. It's not as, um, you know, not once they actually head out on the journey, it's very straightforward. Let me ask you a question just with that, Mike, with that being changed. Cause I, you know what, that is true. You do notice that now that you mentioned, it, I noticed it. I didn't notice it at the time, but, um, with that being said, do you think that has a lot to do with maybe again, going to the end of the film with the message that he has at the end of the film that this is not. To me, at least, this is not. We're going back to reality, and that almost the second, or the, the I'm sorry, the third half, the last part of the film is, mm-hmm. like you said, very. I I think I mean for me, I think it's a message that kind of predominates this film. There is like a Buddhist. I feel like he was probably into Buddhism at this point in time, and that, and that is kind of like a tenet of Buddhism. Like that if you do want to find enlightenment, one of the things that you have to do is you have to release your ego. You have to really, you basically have to release your identity and as a, as a person in general. Right. Nirvana is essentially just a collective again. You're, you're you're going back to the collective, and it's your identity needs to be shed. Um, I think that he was trying to do that a little bit because I guess if you really if you really boil down cinematography, there is ego behind it. Mm-hmm. If you make a grand shot, you can't help but say that like the director is trying to say, "I'm going to make a grand shot," right, right. you know. And I think by doing it handheld, that might have been going with that message. So yeah, to to your to answer your question, I do believe that is meant to kind of further the message of the story. And there are still like notes of it throughout that third that third part. Um, you know, there's there's the freak out moments that the that the group basically has. They they confront each of their own uh, personal fears. You know, the scene with the the guy laying on the ground, all the tarantulas crawling all over him, and the guy who gets castrated and his mom's in the tree with all the dead chickens hanging upside down. Always the chickens. Um, yeah, and. <laughs> So, so uh, you do get hints of that surrealism. It's almost like in a nightmare form, though. Um, but, but yeah, as far as like camera movement and the way the shots are composed, it's a lot different. I think I going back to like cinematography, though. I think some of my favorite scenes were actually like when he first got to the obelisk. Like, oh yeah, just yeah. the just oh, like God. just the 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 initial tunnel he goes down, and it's basically a paper wall that he has to break through. Like just the way that tunnel is shot is fucking beautiful, and he ends up in this like rainbow room that he's moving from like was he moving from like dark to light, mm-hmm. and like the like how the colors how how he like cuts the colors right in half, so depending on if it's a reverse shot, like mm-hmm. it just it looks like a fucking painting, and it is very beautiful. Uh, quotes. Memorable no. quotes. There's, There's not, not really not enough really dialogue. Move really. on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he made it a point to not use dialogue. Yeah, he cut out 20 minutes. But there is there is the only really thing that you can kind of quote is pretty much the ending, the end scene. I don't remember it. Pull back camera. Pull oh, back, there you go. Pull back the camera. <laughs> See, and you you took that as the re- like he, we're going back to reality. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, that's kind of the. I took it as I, I kind of took it as um to to state that like we're like we're leaving reality. Like no, I th- I like even to... this was an illusion. Ha ha. No, that's what he said. This world is I think he was trying to bring the audience. Like he, he was, he was trying. He, he was, he was breaking the fourth wall by 
and basically forcing the audience to snap out of the 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 trance the, the trance you get into when you watch a movie. And now you're like, oh, that's right, this is all just a movie. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm in reality. Like this isn't reality. That's what he was attempting to say. Like go into reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop watching this shit. <laughs> go. <laughs> go do something that matters. <laughs> Please, well, like, go direct a sequel or something. Yeah, <laughs> Holy Mountain Two. That'd be sick. <laughs> the reality's back. I, yeah, and it's like it's just like there's way more guns in it. It's more like it's like for it's like First Blood they Part take- Two. The first one was a drama. The first one was drama, but the second one's just a straight up action film. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> they should just be making the journey back to their normal lives. <laughs> they're just make, yeah, they're making a journey back to see if any of that money didn't burn. <laughs> No, that's the one thing I wondered too. I was like, how do they keep everything from smoking so much? Like that, I thought those wax figures would be with the hair and all that stuff would be lighting up. Like, there's a lot of things I question in this movie. I mean, <laughs> as far as far as like as far as like how did they do that, or, or, wise, yeah. or they were brave to do that, you know? All right, so let's rate this movie. <laughs> let's get it going. What are we rating it, Chris? Pick anything. You can pick anything. You literally yeah. it, it doesn't have to. You make literally sense. just say a word. Just say a word. <laughs> it's in there, yeah. Gold nugget, gold. gold? No, that's actually pretty. Yeah, funny. I'm going doing a gold uh, nugget. That's gold nugget. Funny. Yep. All right. Inappropriate. I feel like. Let's <laughs> inappropriate. Start with Mike. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this four gold nuggets. Um, four. yeah. Uh, I I think it's a very important film. I think uh, even if you don't like the film, if you just are a fan of the visual medium in general, you should watch this. If you're a fan of cinematography, you should watch this film. Uh, where it 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 can, it docks a gold nugget for me is the preachiness of it, you know. At to to what your point, I understand where you're coming from, Cody, with a lot of like the I don't get it kind of things, or not so much the I don't get it, but like this is not this movie's not made for me. Yep. Um, there is a part of it that kind of feels like to me too that like he's trying to force it down my throat, like get my message, you know, like get it. You're gonna get like it just feels that way sometimes. Um, it's forced at times that way. So yeah, I, I, I can't get on board with that. Like it's like it feels like it's his own personal movie that he's trying to share with me. And yeah, maybe I like it, but there were times where it's just like, why do you have to jam it down my throat though? You could have just shown it and I would have gotten it. All right, Kyle, you're next. What do you how many nuggets? Um, I'm gonna give it three and a half gold nuggets. Um this is a this film is like a painting. Um, it you're if you're it doesn't have dialogue. It doesn't really have a whole lot of narrative, but it doesn't need it. I think he paints a, a pretty good picture using his imagery on, on the what he wants to say to the audience. Um, I was really confused and blown away the first time I saw this movie. Seeing it again, I appreciated it even more, knowing having a deeper understanding of what he was trying to say and. Whether or not I think his message that he's trying to say is valid or um, even matters at all is really circumstantial because it really comes down to how how much direction and how much he put into actually telling that point or, or, or making that, that argument that he wanted to make. And that I find is very respectable. So um, uh, it's a good movie. It's It's not for everyone. Definitely not. I mean... You're gonna have to sit down and really commit, and I don't know, two hours of your time to watching um, some visuals that are really a little disjointed at first and don't make a whole lot of sense. Like the first fifteen minutes, man, I'm just gonna kind of punch you around a bit until you really start to figure out what's going on. But uh, the audio-wise is fantastic, cinematography is wonderful. So yeah, three and a half. I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half gold nuggets middle down the road. Uh, here's why. I respect this film. Um, it is beautifully shot. Again, sound design's great. Uh, set design's really cool. Like, There's a lot of visually uh, s- stuff in it. I'll say stuff. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? But when it comes to um, enjoyment of a film... Uh, I couldn't have less. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. It's not anything I'm into. Um, this is just one of those things where uh, I feel like uh, you can 
a, a lot of people are going to read whatever they want into this. That That's one thing. I think he definitely has the message, but I also think a lot of people are going to read whatever they want into this. And a lot of people have. I've read a lot of stuff online where I'm like, well, I don't even know where you got that. That's, um, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And other people where I'm like, okay, I understand that, and I get that. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm confused on even where I'm going with this review because, and I've read that a lot, with too, is people are like, it's really hard to explain this movie or even uh, review this movie to people who haven't seen it. Um, so, I mean, that, with that being said, 2.5, cause technically it's good, but everything else for that, I could throw out. I would have walked out. If I was saw this in a theater, I would have walked out in the first 10 minutes, never came back. I don't feel intrigued to go back and watch it again either by anything. What if there was mushrooms involved? Uh, no, I would feel like that would make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're next. This movie's getting, uh, five gold nuggets for me. Um, I, I picked it because I love it. Um, I, I see I I do see the confusion I do see all all the, all the points that everybody's brought up and I think I went through that uh, you know different things each time I watched it um, the the thing is is I, I I appreciate the artistry of it so much um, you know being pushed my boundaries being pushed being a little shocked being a little disgusted um, watching something that I do consider to be like a true art piece in film. Um, and, and, and the fact that it has so many layers keeps me coming back. So, um, it's not going to be for everyone. Of course not. Um, I don't think any of his films are. And, uh, but if you want to push your boundaries a little bit and you want to see something that kind of makes you walk away, uh, thinking a little more than you would the average popcorn film like this, this is going to be, um, it's going to be a commitment. Like Kyle said, you know, it's a long two hours, because there's so much that seems to happen in the film. Again, it's like overload. Um, but yeah, a five for me, it'll always be an inspirational, influential film. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Make sure you follow us on social media at cultfilm underscore review on Instagram and on Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook. Guess what? we got a brand new website. Go check it out, www.cultfilmandreview.com. Brand new website, easy to use now. You can find all of our old podcasts. It's not like a pain in the ass. You don't have to scroll down on our on our uh, live journal anymore um, to find it. They're all conveniently there for you to find. Don't forget to subscribe. You can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. And you can follow Michael Salustio at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Just remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. 